0: The Fontenelle Final Bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Mike Zuzalo joins us with Global Commodity Analytics. And take it, Mike. I was hoping it was a Thursday. Temperatures are warming up. Maybe we'd see something positive in the market trade today. But if you look at these grain numbers, another day of not pretty numbers.
1: No, it was another day where the uh, trade was pulling your fingernails out with pliers. There's no question around it there, Susan. I I guess I don't want to sound too upbeat, but I think overall the negative trade news has hit the markets. I mean, I think this is where we almost knew that we needed dry weather to stay on the side of the bull and to help offset President Trump's policies if they would ever become a reality. And now we are hearing from pretty concrete people in Washington that in the case of China, we are going to see some type of uh, tariff instituted, whether it's $50 billion or whether it's a little over or a little under. We don't know yet, but I think you do now know that these trade issues and the fact that by the time we got to the early part of June and the first week of this month, the market really saw a breakdown. Um and it saw the breakdown in the NAFTA and it saw the breakdown in the US China negotiations. And then when it flipped over to the holiday weekend and the weekend after that, two big weekends for rainfall, we got the rainfall and I think the trade said, okay, let's unwind everything Let's take ourselves back to where we started and close to where we started from the end of 2017. And that's kind of where we're at right now on the Bloomberg uh, Grain Index, the commodity index that shows just the grains in the Bloomberg. We're about 2% higher than where we closed at the end of December of 2017 now after having rallied about 8 to 13%, depending on what grain or agriculture index you look at. I'm not super negative here at this point, Susan. I think we fully priced in what uh, the, the trade expectation is now going to be because of these uh, trade barriers that could go up. But it could remain sloppy, and I say that especially because of the dollar rally we saw today.
0: Before we started the final bell, you made a very profound statement to the point, and I had, I had to write it down, that was to the point when trade would say, we have problems with trade, and it just seems like we have finally reached that point within the market trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this can't be understated because look at the USDA report. You couldn't have asked for a better USDA report minus the world wheat ending stocks figure. I mean, when you're talking about a stocks-to-use ratio, the global corn stocks-to-use ratio after this week is actually tighter than what it was during the drought year of 2012-2013. If you look at the 17-18 marketing year, our world corn major competitors and in terms of major exporters as the USDA defines it, they're going to have 16% less corn than they had in 1617, and in wheat, they're going to have 3% less. So we're coming in as kind of the king of the demand hill, um, king of the supply side hill when it comes to being able to feed the, the livestock in this world compared to what we've seen the last five years. And that USDA report was looked at, traded for about two and a half hours, and then we went right back to trading the weather, in the outside markets meaning the trade and I think this is where the dollar comes into play more and more and I if you haven't gotten a trial in a while or haven't ever gotten a trial uh, from the new website and the videos that I post up there it'd be worth your while to do that because I posted a video over the weekend explaining the dollar and how it you know is totally integrated into uh, some of what we're talking about here on this final bell and the point is is the dollar had a range of 168 points today from low to high. It had the biggest one-day move since January 11th of 2017. It essentially tested a one-month low, and now after today's close, it is up against the 2018 high, the 2017 high, and the 2016 high. It's essentially getting back up towards a three-year high after today's close, and I think this goes back to the idea that along with the Federal Reserve coming in yesterday and adding an interest rate hike for this calendar year, the, the, the European Central Bank came in and said, we're going to stop QE, but we're not going to do it very fast. And then you have this safe haven buying, I think, in the dollar as well because of these trade fears. This is what's turning this market so low and what's causing so many clients and subscribers to call in and say, when are they going to let off the pressure here?
0: You know, and I'm glad you brought up that newsletter because it is chock full of information, chart information, but something that's very easy for somebody to, to be able to look at because you give such strong analytic backup to what they see in the charts for them to be able to fully understand what's going on. And it really does lay out the picture about how the dollar and the feds and these commodities are all coming together right now at this point in the trade.
1: Yeah, and when you look at the soybeans in particular, there's a lot of good university data out there that would suggest that we're going to lose about a third of our exports if this barrier really hits. And that means the soy price domestically could lose about 4% based upon that. Well, the four-year national average base price using the DTN National Bean Index is around 940 a bushel. Well, we're currently trading around 890 a bushel right now. And so you're literally down five and a half, almost six percent from your four year average. So I would say you've done your job. You've rationed your supply. In other words, instead of rationing demand, you've rationed your supply by taking the prices down to encourage new demand. And so I think the beginning of the healing process is underway. But like you and I've talked about a lot, Susan, because it's such a global market and because the wheat especially is so sensitive to the dollar, because it's grown in so many countries and because I think we've got a real problem with the hard red wheat belt in terms of yields that the USDA continued to ignore this past week on the report, I think your low comes first in the hard red wheat and then quickly followed by the soy meal complex because your crush margins are back up to $1.60 a bushel That was one of the brightest spots of USDA's report this week was another big jump in the crush. So watch the cattle.
0: Stick around. We're going to talk more about short covering potentials in just a moment. It's the Fontanelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Mike Zuzalo joins us with Global Commodity Analytics. And as we were headed to break, you were talking about um, some short coverings, some things that we need to keep an eye on here in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is the the cattle, the meal, and the hard red wheat. I would also say, Susan, at this stage of the game, The question could be asked, well, why aren't the hogs going lower with the soybeans and the grains? And I think it's simply put because the Mexican government gave us a get-out-of-jail card for free when it comes to the import tariff being proposed and then about four hours later turning around saying, but we can still take your pork. And I think this is a, an important um, uh, fundamental factor that helps clear up some of the muddiness in the waters is why are some of these commodities going down and some aren't. I would also suggest that after the Federal Reserve meeting yesterday, they bumped up the, the growth in the United States, they bumped up the inflation, They did tack on another interest rate hike, a fourth one for 2018. And while all these things are probably dollar-friendly in the short term, they're also very supportive of the idea that we have strong enough growth that the Fed is willing to take interest rates uh, higher, and we've got higher inflation and higher growth. These are all supportive features in the medium term for the commodity markets. And so when I boil it down to what you and I talk about is are we better off this year than last year in supply and demand? Yes, I think we are. Especially global supply and demand. Our stocks to use ratios in wheat in this new crop year versus last year are going to be down about 1%. Corn's going to be down about 4%. Beans are going to be down about 2.5%. You add add to that the fact that we've got a better inflationary outlook than we had a year ago today. I think this is why I'm looking for the lows instead of further downside.
0: We look at these livestock, I mean, triple-digit losses in the cattle, in the feeder cattle, and the hogs except for the nearbys. So some frustration moving in for these livestock producers.
1: Yeah, you're starting to feel the effects, I think, of that stronger dollar. And here's an interesting take on the cattle market and this is something we talked about in the, in the seminars this winter up in Nebraska and all around the country is these NAFTA negotiations it was reported middle part of the trading session they're going to be back on with Canada the idea being we get an agreement by summer we don't know when in the summer but we get an agreement by summer well that gets you to thinking Canada is the number one or number six uh, beef exporter in the world um they export about 60% of their red meat to the United States they they export over 75% of their beef to the United States so if Canada and the United States work out a deal that means that beef is coming back into the United States and that means more competition so i think in an oddball sort of way Susan this could have been a negative piece of news for the cattle market because it adds supply to the uh, base of where you can get the uh, meat from, whereas if the NAFTA is shut down, that means the Canadian supplies are literally trapped up in Canada. It was just a month ago that Canada, I think, took a trip to China, trying to sell their beef to China because they were worried about NAFTA. So I think you could make both cases when it comes to NAFTA and whether it's good or bad for the cattle prices. And I think today's news maybe is starting to show us it's not the greatest news when it comes to the domestic prices because it adds supplies coming across our border.
0: Had a couple different interesting conversations in regards to to North Korea and the discussions that have been going on with our president and two different folks. One is a commodity, one is a producer. Both of them said the same thing, that they want McDonald's, which means they're going to need beef. And so there is the potential, both of them felt, for some increase in beef.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. And I think you also can open up if you get these North Korean agreements uh, to the satisfaction of Japan and South Korea, especially South Korea. You've got a brand new trade agreement sitting on the table ready to be signed in South Korea and the United, between South Korea and the United States. I found it very interesting. It's interesting you bring this up. That's why you're such a good interviewer. But, uh, the Pompeo dialogue this afternoon between Pompeo and the big, uh, Chinese delegate that he was talking to, supposedly about north korea well they brought up the link between the foreign policy of the united states and china and the trade negotiations and he said i stressed how important to, it is for president trump to rectify the situation in the trade and here they are talking about the north korean agreement so these things are dynamically linked and i think that's one of the newer elements to this market because of president trump winning the presidency uh, in 16, and it's one of the newer, fresher parts of the fundamentals that we're starting to get more used to. And I think again, that plays out mostly in the currency markets. And so that's why currencies have always been a big player in terms of my price discovery and saying overvalue and undervalue for certain commodities. And it really is more so even now.
0: And as you mentioned, the only positive light in the entire trade today was the nearby hogs
1: because of the cash index. I, I am a seller or hedger here, though. Susan, because I really do think you want to get profit locked in.
0: Best way for folks to reach out, find out more about the newsletter, and talk to you after the market closes, Mike.
1: Get on the website and sign up, register for a trial globalanalytics.biz or call me toll-free after the market closes 866- 471-2588 and don't forget to ask and let me know that you're a a, a Rural Radio Network listener.
0: That is the Fontenelle final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.